All right, please put your hands together as Fergus comes to minister. Thank you, Fergus. We are ready for you. Thanks, man. Thank you, church. Thank you so much. You may be seated. You say, what was that all about? That was one of the most expensive healings I've ever had in my life. That was, <laughs> I was in the, I was in a, I was in conference with uh, Pastor Phil in, on, on the Sunshine Coast, and that was what had happened. Was I had, I had to, some cash in my pocket, and I was away from home for some time, and I, and I was arguing with God over the offering. I had this big note that I thought if I put that in the in in the, in the offering, I'm not going to have any cash. And I felt the Spirit of God say, "What about your shoulder?" So what about my shoulder? Then I kind of remembered that I had a very, very painful shoulder. And uh, I guess that that healing cost me the offering in my pocket. But I walked out of that meeting totally healed. And that's what they didn't hear. <laughs> they didn't hear that. But I think the, you know, you say, what is What's that all about? Well, I think Acts 2 is a classic. You know, sometimes we, the church began in the power of God. And I think, to me, it's, I, I think living in the, in the world that we live in, it's so academic in its thinking that, that we forget that we sing these songs about Jesus. Uh, uh, you know, Scripture talks about our, our weaknesses made perfect by his strength. And the greatest thing you've got going for you is nothing. You, you know, what's, what good's a drunk man? Except that he'd be filled with the Spirit of God. And uh, to me, it's like, once, a, you know, you, once you learn how to handle your drink, you're pretty helpful to God. In that state, I wasn't handling it that well. It was a bit much of it. But, you know, these days I'm handling it much better. I've learned to drink. I've learned to, to, to sustain it and keep it. And, and church, I, I, I want to tell you one of the most beautiful experiences is literally being overwhelmed by the Spirit of God. I've lain in bed at night and I've had to stop talking to the Holy Spirit when I go to bed at night because he keeps me awake. It's a great, wonderful relationship with the Holy Spirit himself. And uh, he's just a wonderful, wonderful personality. And he has the capacity to take you out and get you drunk. But the Bible says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. This is language, but in actual fact, it's experiential language. Language in itself is not going to change the world. Knowledge is never going to, knowledge is never going to change the world, but but transformation is, transformation experiences. And, and every time you get filled with the Spirit, you're going to find you've got transformation going on inside your life. You know, I said every time you get filled with the Spirit, you're going to find transformation happening in your life. I used to be called the, the altar call junkie when, when I was a young Christian. I got saved at 90 because I was at every altar call there ever was. And my, my, my young friends used to call me an altar call junkie. But you know what? I'm still here. Not to any of those around anymore. I was having transformation at that. I, I got changed by the power of God. Our lives are changed by the power of God. As I said, even in my whole, even even my giving, in my giving has changed. My I could tell you story after story about how the how that God's uh, touched you at night. That culture of increase uh, message there. I, I was in Darwin just. Uh, uh, this year, last year, and a guy came up to me and said, Fergus, you preached this, you preached on a message called the, the culture of increase. He said, I was looking down the barrel of bankruptcy. I, I said, he said, I was, no one knows it. I've never even told my pastor, but today I'm a multimillionaire because God has turned me around. I heard what you said, and, and I, 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 I said, I, I sold myself out to that message. I believe what you said. I believed it. And he says, it's turned my life around. And, uh, you know, so what I'm trying to say is uh, 
we just really in the world we're living in, we need to we need to anchor ourselves to the knowledge of God. I love this church. I love you pastors. I love this church for the way that you, you guys get taught the Word of God. The Bible's faith says that we must believe that He is. And uh, I find many people don't know that He is. They, you know, we have to believe in the character of God. I said, you've got to believe in the character of God. Not in your circumstances. Not in, not in, not in, in what your life produced. If, I, I thank God that I, my father is the father of the Lord Jesus Christ. My natural father was wonderful, but he, he did the best he could. But I'll tell you what, I'm glad I haven't built my life just around the limitation of my natural father. I built my life around my, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, my Heavenly Father. But you've got to know who He is. You've got to know who He is. That's when you get rewarded. When you study to find out who He is and that you make an exchange for your life for His life. Whoa! It's a big statement I've just made. As I made that statement, the Spirit of God said to me, right now, there's people in here that your, 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 your fatherly influence is stopping you from knowing your Heavenly Father. It's restricting you because you're reflecting your, your Heavenly Father off your earthly father. And your earthly father was not able to do it for you. But you can't put your trust in God because you treat him like he's like your earthly father. And there's hopelessness in it for you. And you can't get find faith because of the hopelessness of your, of your father's situation has stopped you from going there. Now, I want you know, I tell the power of God's on me right now. And if that's you, if that's you and you want to get set free from it, I want you to come right out, run out here because we've got a lot of things to do in a short time. But if you've got an earthly father stopping you from finding your heavenly father, then I want to break that right off you right now. If that's you, run out here. There's someone got that here because I'm talking to someone. I'm talking to someone who's, who's, you're reflecting God off your earthly father and is stopping you. Quickly, who's that? No, come on, who's, there's someone here like that. I know I'm talking to someone. Come on, your, your earthly father was not able to give you what your heavenly father can give you. No fault of your father because his father was like that because of his father. But we've got to break that. Come on, there's someone here like that. I know there is. Don't be embarrassed. We're here. We're, this, is the, this is the house of God. Someone's got that. I'll give you. Thank you, Father. There's still, there's, still, there's still three other people. Thank you, Father. That's right. I can tell you right now, your heavenly Father is coming to heal you of that. He's going to break the images that have been there. And you're not going to be fine. You're, you're not going to find any sting in the images anymore. When you look at the, your heavenly Father, you read about your heavenly Father. You're able to anchor yourself to that. That's right. I break every image. Over this mind, loose her and let her go absolutely free. Sorry, but I'm so sorry that your dad's not able to give you the love that you needed. Would you forgive him? He wasn't able to do it because no one's able to show him how to do it. But if you can let it, you can let him go to Jesus today, you're going to find in the next few weeks you're going to find that space filled up with your heavenly Father. Can I tell you this, buddy? God is love. He's coming to hold you like a son. He's coming to give you his inheritance. He figures you deserve it. He loves you enough. Father, right now, I thank you for all the images that have been planted in this conscious and subconscious mind and life. I thank you for your delivering. Father, today... I break that orphan spirit off him that you can, that Lord, he can be adopted into your family, Father. I literally break the orphan spirit over his mind and spirit. Loose him and let him go free. Loose him and let him go free. I don't know where they went. She was a pair of glasses went flying somewhere. Thank you, Father. 
that's it. Just, just, just literally, just let yourself totally relax. This is the power of God coming to set you absolutely free. Father, I thank you that right now there's access into this young man's life for love. Just, just relax. Just tell you this is, this is your heavenly Father. This is the safest place you've ever been in all your life. Visit him. Father, all those images, all the anger, the frustration, the words, that's the Holy Spirit coming now. There it is. That's just the Holy Spirit. Just keep taking it. Set an absolute. That's it. Just keep taking it. Father, thank you for that. You know, we ought not be intimidated by what's going on here. If you put your finger in the light socket, something would happen. Don't do it. But get hooked into this. Is there anyone out there? How are you, catcher? Don't you drop this little lady. I'll drop you. <laughs> Father. 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 I break this orphan spirit right off her. I thank you that your love will fail her. That's right, little lady. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. Could you forgive? Could you? Please. Please let them off the hook. Jesus wants to. They didn't know what they were doing. Thank you. Visit her, Father. Visit her. Visit her. Visit her. Visit her. That's love for you, Father. Let the love of God. That's right. It's the Father's love. Didn't know how to love because no one taught him, showed him what it was like. But right now, fill him with it, Father. God. God. Where's Francis, the worship man? Where is I can't see him. Where is he hiding? Bring your wife with you. I was watching, my beady eyes been on you all morning, sir. I got to get this off my chest. How come you got such a pretty wife as this, man? You must have, you must have got a lot of camels, paid a lot of camels to get this check. First of all, there's a miracle coming your way. Visit him! Visit him! The power of God goes right through his body. And I thank you, Father, that the enlargement of God comes into him. Visit him. That's one thing I've got off my chest. God. I just, I just see the call of God on you both. You've been apprehended of God from your mother's womb. God separated you the gospel of Christ. You had no say about it. God's put you two together. 
for the sake of the gospel, for the love of the gospel. God's put in your heart people. You can't run away from the love of people even though you don't know what to do with it. But God's going to teach you how to love the people. It's not like you don't know how to love, but he's going to teach you, he's going to teach you how to do it his way. So that you don't get used up. So you don't get spent. I can tell you, little lady, God's coming to love on you. He's going to give you words of wisdom and words of knowledge and words of understanding. And out of that, you're going to know the limitations because you get overwhelmed with the, with the thoughts. Today, God's going to, you're going to guide the sheep and steer the sheep with a, a word. Wisdom will be your primary gift. I said wisdom will be your primary gift. I place wisdom in her. I place wisdom over her life. And I can see you, even with wisdom coming out of your mouth, it's going to, guide and help guide your husband's steps the steps of god are coming into your steps can i have this man to go back how you doing down there man you know i i just see god putting words of knowledge in but it's like this is what I see. I see you at your capacity. But God's coming to increase your capacity. I got a message this morning. And when I looked at you playing over there, it was like I saw God saying, I've come to put a greater capacity inside of you. And you're going to find that there's a, there's a basic nature inside you that, that cares, that loves and cares. But God's going to put some gifts on the inside of you today that you're going to function out of the gifts rather than just out of the basic nature, out of the motivation of your heart. God's putting a word of knowledge inside you and you'll, you'll function out of a word of knowledge. You'll, you'll function out of a word of wisdom. You'll, 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 you will function out of a prophetic insight. Visit him. I place the prophetic anointing in him. I place the word of knowledge in him. Oh, man, I felt that. <laughs> man, Father, let the same anointing on my life. Fill him. Every day is going to be a day where strength gets added to this body. That was fun. Whew. Little lady, come up here. Come one more time. Let me pray for you. Not as God, not only is God going to heal you, but you're going to rescue people. Because you're going to understand what you're rescuing. You're going to have the understanding and the mercy and the kindness to reach and pull them through. But I'm telling you, God's healing you completely. You won't be able to find any memory, any, any stink out of those memories. God's about to deliver you completely so that you can deliver those also in the house of God that needs that free. You're going to find confidence because perfect love casts out fear. I break fear right off you in Jesus' name. Perfect love casts out fear. There is no fear in love. When, when you sense fear, 
you're going off to your closet to find Jesus who's going to break any hopelessness that's around your mind. All right. Got a bit, a bit of a slow start to my sermon this morning. Just got time to go home, is it? I'm too scared to look at my watch. Am I allowed to preach from down here? Is that permissible to preach from down here? I was in a church in... Uh, this guy's my bodyguard. Look at him. He's guarding my body. You got a little, little, some little helpers. Yeah. See? Touch me, mate. You'll have him to handle. And all the Highlands Ford has said, Sorry, Pastor, the devil made me do it. You get over your grief, but you ought to know how to handle it. If you'd listened to me in the first place, you wouldn't have got yourself in that mess. Oh, man, I've only got a few moments. I've got to get on with this. Sorry, church. Hey, thanks for having us. I We've had an awesome time with you, with your leaders. We love, we love your leaders. You just love what's happening. I really feel like you guys. I'm preaching this message because I really feel like you guys are about to go to another level. I'm saying I'm not just saying that lightly. I'm saying, man, you know the thing about I, we, we're in churches almost every week of the year. We're well, not quite this year, but, but I can tell you that this is this is one of the most healthiest churches I've been in. I can feel it. Thank God for your leaders. Thank God for your leaders. They're leading you. They're taking you where you couldn't take yourself. That's what leaders do. They take you where you can't take yourself. Sometimes you don't like where they're taking you, but once you get there, you want to kiss them for taking you there. Am I right? Yeah. Please, they're your friends, but remember they're your, your leaders. That's my wife and whom I'm well pleased. <laughs> now, I want to tell you a little secret. And I have to apologize for those. Uh, if you've bought a whole lot of products and you paid too much for them, I, I meant to say this to you, that this is little brochure here. It's about a mentoring program that we have. It's a, and we send out a five to seven minute video. About, it's probably about more like seven minute video every week. And uh, all, and it gives you access to all our resource materials is online, and you can download it a lot cheaper than you can even buy it out there. So I'm just letting you know that this is ten dollars a month or 120 dollars a year, and uh, I've just reduced it because I want I, I I figure I got ten years left to try and get what God's on me onto some people. I saw you in 1995. I saw the church. I saw the lay people, not ministry. I saw the lay people carrying the power of God. I, I don't think of myself as being, I mean, I, I accept the fact that God's called me as, a, as an ascension gift ministry, but I feel like a lay person. I feel like a farmer boy that's got the power of God on him. And I want you to understand that there's no difference between me and you. I'm made of the same stuff. What makes a difference is the power of God. So I want people to understand that. The most the most prized possession you've got is the, is the anointing of God on your life. It's your inheritance, the power of God. Your faith is not faith in yourself. Your faith is faith in the power. I said your faith is faith in the power of God. Cancer used to I used to, every time they asked me to pray for a person with cancer, I used to see like a demon standing up behind the, per, behind the person laughing at me. It was because I thought I had to get my faith to remove the cancer. It's not faith in faith. It's faith in power. God's power. 
and lay people, you're never going to succeed in this life until you get the understanding that you weren't born to live in this life, you're born again to live in the kingdom of God. God's world is the world that you are to live in. You are to anchor yourself to His world. And the only way you can access His world is to have faith in His power. The only way you're ever going to get favor on your life is to have faith in his power. His power brings you favor. And that's my life message. It was, I'm going to have faith in the power of God. Paul said that. Your faith ought to be in the power of God, not the wisdom of men. Men's philosophies are going to leave you cold and dry. Principles alone will eventually cause your life to dry up. Life is more than principles. We need principles. But there's a thin, very thin veil between principles and the life of the Spirit. If you just lean in a little bit, you'll break through that veil and end up with a life of the Spirit that will fulfill the commandments for you. The Spirit of God will write the commandments on your heart and you'll find yourself fulfilling the commandments out of empowerment on the inside. If you're just left with principles, you're going to find yourself not making it. You won't be able to keep them. That's the law of the Spirit. But that's not my message. I have a word here this morning for this church, and I really want to see how far I can get. Because I know God wants to do more things here. I believe that your church, as a church, as a body of people, I believe that there's a capacity that God wants you to grow into to handle the next phase of your church. Can you hear me? You can't get more living on the same level as you're living. To have more, we've got to have the capacity for more. Who would love more of anything? Who knows that more is better than less? And you can't stand still. The moment something stands still, it starts to decrease. So we're left with the journey of moving forward. I want to talk about capacity, if I can. And uh, to do that, I want to turn to 1 Chronicles 4, verses 9 and 10. And this is what it says, And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. Everyone said, Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. Could I have more attitude, please? And could I have a smile on your dial when you say it? It's good news. This is, this is not bad news. This is good news. Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. So some people have more honor than other people. And his mother called his name Jabez saying, because I bear him with sorrow. Now, poor guy, his mother must be having a bad day the day she named him because she named him sorrowful or pain. Imagine getting called for breakfast. Come on, pain. 
Come and get your breakfast. Imagine hearing that all day. Come on, pain, get to work. His, his mother named him Jabez, yet he was more honorable. Verse 10, look at this. Obviously, sounds like a, we've got it up there. And Jabez, now this is, come on now, come on church. I'm talking to you as an individual. I'm calling you, talking to the church. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Stay with me. And enlarge in my territory. And that thy hand might be with me. And that you would keep me from evil. That it be not to my own sorrow. Now listen, listen to this, listen to this. Listen to this. And God granted him his request. Jabez's request. Oh, that you would bless me. That you would enlarge in my border. And that your hand might be with me. And that you would keep me from evil. Say it's all right for God to bless me, would you? It's all right for God to bless me. I'm not going to let you get away. You've got, you've got to have a lot of attitude around me. I like people with lots of attitude. That's why I come with these people. <laughs> this woman. Man, I'll tell you, buddy, you must like you. I mean, I know what kind of woman you like because I've been living with. <laughs> Love you, woman. You're awesome. But that's just my mischievousness. And the and the and my God, the the daughter in the family. <laughs> Talk about great attitude, <laughs> mischievous attitude. You know, I better keep. I can see I'm losing ground. I better start preaching. <laughs> it's just I've just I really love being with this family this weekend. I'm just saying how much I love them. That's what I'm saying. I'm being mischievous the way I say it. But it's all right to be blessed. It's all right to be asked to be blessed. Stay with me on this. It's all right to be asked to be blessed. Who wants to be blessed? JB has asked for it. And God granted him his request. He asked that, his, that he asked for an enlargement of his borders. God granted him his request. He asked God that he would keep him from evil. God granted him his request. I believe this is a prayer of capacity. I personally think that the word capacity has to be one of the most important words in your vocabulary. Everyone say capacity. Not. Nah. <laughs> say it again. Capacity. One more time. Capacity. Starting to get it. One more time. It has to be one of the most important words in your, your vocabulary. I'll tell you why. Because God can't be measured. You can't measure the wisdom of God. You can't measure the love of God. You can't measure the power of God. You can't measure the strength of God. It's 
whatever God does is without measure. So then if God does things without measure, then your capacity has to be very important to you. Because God's going to fill you with whatever you want according to the level of your capacity. That's why it's taking you so long to get to this point so you can take the capacity of the future. This couple can only handle a church of such and such a size because of their capacity. If God does things without measure, then it's going to require this church has a greater capacity. Guess where it falls on? All of us. Whatever God does is without measure, then it's going to be that we have to increase the capacity so we can have a greater measure of what God's got for us. Am I preaching the, the mind of God for this church? We're not relying on one or two people. God's relying on his body to be able to receive without measure. So when you see me drunk, there is some faith logic in it. Because I'm receiving without measure. And I couldn't handle the measure. It's not a bad complaint. Who would like to be able to receive without measure? Who? You see, whatever you give to God, He gives to fill to capacity. Now, let's have a look at some options, some, some, a concept here. Whatever God is, is not an option. God is love. So you don't have an, you don't have an option about what measure of love you're going to have. Because to have God is to have love. If Christ is in us, Love is in us. So it's, it's, the, it's the role of the church to love without measure. <laughs> God is a spirit. They that worship God must worship God in spirit. You don't have an option about how you worship God. You worship God in spirit. And I just want to tell you and honor you for your capacity to worship God in spirit. I could have worshiped God here all morning this morning. I just loved it. We could have gone all day and I'd have been quite happy not to preach. When you worship God, you must involve your heart. The word heart and spirit is the same word. You can't worship from your head. You don't have an option, church. This church is called to worship from your spirit. And you'll hear me say that as long as you have me in your church, it's, I'm like a broken gramophone record, I'll tell you. The heart is everything. Because the Spirit of God's everything, and God lives in your spirit. Yes. Oh, yeah. Praise God. Woo! 
So it can only get bigger. All right. John 4, 24. They that worship God must worship Him in spirit. But listen, God is not healing. He's the healer. You have an option. You can choose to be healed or choose not to be healed. You have an option. You have a level. You can live on the level of being healed or live on the level that's not being healed. But you can't live on the level of not loving or being loved. Because God is love. You can live on the level of being a worshiper. There's no other option. You have to live on the level of worship. God is not prosperity. He is a prosperer. So you... You, you either live on the level of prosperity or you don't live on the level of prosperity. It's a choice. You have the option. Jesus had said, this, said it like this. In my Father's house there are many mansions, many rooms, many options. When you get born again, you step into the foyer and there's lots of Doors you can walk through. There are many options, many choices. You can choose what level you live on. Here today, you're being asked to make a choice about the future. What doors are we going to walk through? For the sake of the kingdom of God. Yeah. It's not about you. It's about the kingdom. Yeah. You got born into the kingdom of God. We could go down a different road. I can't afford to spend any time about that. <laughs> All right. In my father's house, John 42, in my father's house are many mansions, options. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. You see, in your street, one family lives one way and the next family lives the other way. Just in the next house, you could, you could live a totally different way on a different level. There are options. There are levels. One family lives on one level, Another family lives on another level. We've got that in the house of God. We have people living on many different levels here. So a place, you know, a, a place of it, you exist on in different positions in life. Are choices. God's house has all these choices. So, we, so we're, we're talking about options here. Stay with me here now. We're talking about capacity. We're talking about options that are going to determine a capacity. A demonized person has less options than a free person. A person who's not prospering has less options than a person that's prospering. A sick person has less options than a healthy person. I'm really talking about levels. Deuteronomy 30:19. Listen to this scripture, please. Our future is going to determine what choices you make from here on and as an individual and as a church. I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day that I set before you life and death, blessings and the curse. Therefore, what? Choose Therefore, choose life that you may live, you and your seed. 
Okay, so what does God say? Choose what? Blessing, choose life. Choose the level that you want to live on. And he's saying, choose life that you live on the level of life. It's a choice. Some people make wrong choices. And they're receiving the life they're living on. took a long time for me to realize that my choices had consequences. Now I'm talking to a church that's at a crossroads about its future. God's saying, I'm putting before you options. If you choose the right options, you're going to lift the level of existence. Choose the wrong options and you're going to live on different levels. So this is, this is Jabez's story. He's born on a level that where he, all he ever knows is pain and sorrow. And he's had enough of it. He says, I'm going to ask God to bless me. I'm going to ask God to shift the boundaries of my existence. I'm going to ask God to elevate me. What happened? Did See, do you want more or you want more of the same? I'm talking to you as an individual. I'm talking to you as a church. And I feel like I'm prophesying into this church. You either live where you're living or you make some choices that are going to alter the level that you live on. I thank God for Jabez because it gives every, every one of us hope. He was, it was no fault of him of him, of his, that he was born the son of a harlot. His brothers threw him out of home. He says, I'm not going to live with that kind of level. I'm going to ask God to bless me. You don't have to live where you're living. And as a church, you don't have to live with this restricted Existing. You can have more of everything. See, I, I pastored for, I don't know how many years do I pastor, 25 years or something. It used to blow me out how, how people used to get so upset about the level of fun that we're having in our church. But you see, if all you ever know is pain and you've never had any fun, you don't know how to have fun. You've never been on that side before to have fun. I was amazed how many people get upset at, at the blessings that we had. But I realized that when you're living on a certain level and you don't know how to go to the next level, then all you do is get there and get mad at it. I love what my friend up in Darwin did. He took God at his word. And he said, I'm, I'm talking about the guy that I, that I prophesied over about uh, Isaiah 97, on the increase of his government, there will be no end. The culture of increase I'm talking about. Increases of culture. I said, increases of culture. There's a culture in the kingdom. It's called increase. I'm going to preach on that tonight. Jesus, of the, Jesus, the more. Whatever the devil touches decreases. Whatever 
God touches increases. And I'm telling you, church, if you don't hear what I'm saying today, then you're going to join the mob that's going to no decrease because there's money shortages everywhere. There's a few people who've got more than they know what to do. <laughs> but generally speaking, whatever the devil touches decreases. I, I refuse to live in the kingdom of this world. I'm not living off this world's principles. Who can hear me? So I'm living, I'm going for another level. If Jabez can do it, I can do it. If Jabez can do it, you can do it. Put your hand up if you want to do it. Stay with me on this. Is this helping somebody? All right. So you can be so acquainted with grief that you've got no room for joy. I don't know what your problem is, but if you live in that level and you're full to the capacity with that, then there's no room until you decide to shift the level you're living on. Some people, I've, to conclude, have a, I've come to a conclusion that some people have developed a capacity for pain. Some people have a capacity for anger. And so they come to church with a capacity for anger and they sing a few songs and they add a few words of song to their angry self. They don't change. They just add things to the level they're already on. Is anyone hearing me? I'm talking about living on a different level. I'm talking about capacity because people function on the on the level that they work at. So you can you can come here and add a lot of stuff to church, but if you if if you're still living on the same level, you're adding everything spiritual to the same level that you're on, and it's not going to function. So you've got a happy person as long as they sing happy songs, but nothing's changed on the, bottom on the bottom level. You can come along with resentment and add all the things you do in church to your little level of resentment and not change. Stay with me. Am I, am I helping somebody? I'm talking about you can live in a level of church life on a certain level and, and lots of churches never change. That's why capacity has to be an important word to you. And the Bible leaves us with a picture of God filling everything to capacity. What about the water pots? They got filled capacity with new wine. The wedding at Canaan. Six water pots being filled to capacity. The scripture talks about the world being filled with his glory. We read of the valley of ditches that were dug. They got filled. The temple being filled with the glory. Being filled means that there's different levels of being. From glory to glory, he's changing me. From one level of glory to another, the temple was being filled. It wasn't just filled, it was being filled. You might have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but there's a lot more than that, I can tell you right now. That was the beginning of your inheritance. The first payment. And everybody gets camps around being baptized. That was just the first payment. My God, there's a whole lot more. Everyone say, more. more. Say, there's more. I wouldn't mind being called Moore. I mean, having your name with Moore would be, you know, Johnny Moore. Yeah, 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 I believe that. There's more for me. I'd love people to come. Are you Johnny Moore? Yes, I'm Moore. Give it to me. All right. 
Remember, whatever God does, he fills without measure. And so we're making room. I'm not talking about talent. I'm talking about capacity. I've met a lot of talented people that don't have capacity. I was after a minute, I was in, in Canada and they asked me to mentor this prophet guy. And uh, man, he, 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 made, he run rings around me. About his gift. But I couldn't, I couldn't, I, cu I couldn't mentor. I told him, mate, I'm, I'm not mentoring anymore because his behavior was just a way beyond. I couldn't do anything with him. He just wouldn't, he was just, what was just bad tempered, bad everything. He had built on a level with a talent and a gift. He could tell you your name. I'm not talking about talent or gift. I'm talking about capacity. God wants to increase your capacity. Right. Levels are definable terms. Pastors, pastors on the level of capacity. People work on their level of capacity. Churches move through levels. Levels are definable. People say they're going to the next level. How do you know whether you've gone to the next level or not? How do I know what level I'm on? Maybe you're stuck between levels. Now, this is really important. You understand this, what I'm saying here. How do you know when you move from one level to the next? I love what God says in Psalm 37, 23. He says, listen to this. The, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Levels are steps. The steps of a good man. I'm in an elevated position. I can see more from this level than I can from this level. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I can see further from here than I can down there. I'm talking about capacity. We move from one level to another level of capacity. But we're never going to move from one level to the next level until we contextualize truth. You can hear something in this building. I'm talking about, I'm talking about principles here of of, of capacity and you can listen to me but until you contextualize what I'm saying into a part of your life then you're not going to shift you're just going to hear it and not shift yeah. what I love about these people about your leaders they've done everything in their power to give you the context to put life in by giving you truth you've just got to contextualize it Let me just put it this way. I was driving home. I don't know whether I've said this to some people, but this is my, one of my last big experiences with God. I was driving home from somewhere just recently, and fear took over my head. Am I the only person who's ever experienced fear? Raise your hand if you've ever experienced fear. I have learned that, you know, that you can have moments of fear and you can, you can bounce around it, but if you just let it go, it'll kind of go away, but it'll come back on another rainy day somewhere. Who's noticed that? And I've learned that about life, is that, you know, you, you don't really have to deal with it. It'll go away, but it'll come But As long as you don't deal with it, it's going to come back and face you again somewhere. And I thought, I am not going to live with fear. Because I just know this one John 4 says that, Perfect love casts out fear. There is no fear in love. So if God's loving me, what, am I, what on earth am I doing with fear in me? Who's hearing me? Does God love me? 
So I have to put the context of God's Word into a reality of my life. And so I did. I said, there is no love in fear. Therefore, fear does not belong to God. God's love. So I went home, parked myself. From, I prepared to stay there all night, but I was not going to live with fear. I was 20 minutes and God came through. Didn't last long. I'm the most loved on boy in the planet. My father in heaven really, really likes me. And you can't take it off me. Ha, ha, ha. You can take my money off me. You can take my wife. I'll come and get her though because I need her. Man, I've contextualized a lot of truth to get this chick to stay with me. When I wanted to tell her how to live life, I had to love her. I knew I'd get a response, eh? I've had to contextualize truth in my marriage to live at the level of God my marriage at. I've had to live my family life on a certain level to have the kind of family I've got. Can you hear me? If you want to get a bigger church, then you better contextualize some of the truth that you've heard and put it into practice so that we can go to the next level. It means that some of the things that you taught, you've got to put it into practice. I can think of some of the things I, I, I think of. I could do lots of things in, in terms of personal family life that we need to contextualize. But as a church, the, every joint supplies. As a body of Christ, for us to go to the next level, for us to fill this building twice, Every, every joint has got to understand it's got something to supply to the body. So every person is actually giving something. That's just one truth. If we really believe that our faith ought to be in the power of God, then we better start contextualizing it in terms of growth of our church. We believe the power of God brings conviction about life's conditions. And so we start believing in the power of God. We start confessing and releasing it. If we believe in healing, we take up responsibility that you are the, you are the, the one that brings God's healing to people's lives. We're not going to leave it to the front of the church to do. We're going to get out in the marketplace. Come on, who's with me here? If God says there's boldness on us, then we start to contextualize boldness. Whatever you hear, you are to contextualize it in a place in life somewhere. Gone all quiet. And I don't care whether you think you've got nothing to offer or not. You have. If you've received Christ, you've got a testimony on that level. You might not have much more, but you've got that. I gotta go. Say God's ordering my steps. What I'm saying here today, God's ordering your step to contextualize the truth you've heard into your walk, so this can become the most one of the most powerful churches in the country. It is not our job to do the work of the ministry. It's our job to equip you to do it. Right. 2 Corinthians 3, 6 calls you confident ministers of the Spirit. Smile at me. Say, he's talking to me. I'm not talking to anybody else. It's up to you to contextualize what I'm saying 
or else you are just going to live on the same level and not going anywhere. Ten years from now, you'll still be living on the same level if you don't contextualize truth. I tell everybody, for 15 years, I was just contextualizing truth in terms of who, who I was and who I was to be. I was living with who I was. I wasn't living with what God made me. I had to take the truth, deny what I thought I was, and be what I am. Now, what I'm doing now is pulling my future into the now by being prophetic with my own life. And it's your job to contextualize truth so that you pull the future into the now. We're not waiting to go somewhere. We are unlocking it. It's gone very, very quiet. Maybe I've got the truth. Can we go home now? I want everyone just to shut their eyes. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your presence. I'm talking to the church of Jesus Christ. I'm talking to the body of Christ. There's not one insignificant person in this building. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, imputed righteousness to us, that we might be his body in the earth. You don't have a right to think ordinary anymore. There's nothing ordinary about you. Christ is in you. God is in you. 